coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Oh, can't wait for Joaquin Phoenix to do that. And, um... <laughs> Fucking hear him Joker to him flexing off. his pipes. Wait a minute. What if it's what if it's like a Hamilton style rap musical? No, <laughs> no. Because remember, because remember, Joaquin Phoenix did that rap movie where he, I completely like, forgot about the Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> I'm rap still here right now. Oh that could God. happen. That could very does, much. Does happen. he like sing sing? Like what's going to happen there? I, I'm pretty sure he can sing because he did um, he did the Johnny Cash movie. Right. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. He did, did that. Well, that was him. Um, I guess he'll do like a not. It's not going to be like Broadway style vocal vocals. It's going to be like, you know, I don't know something. You know, you know, because I I can't. I just can't picture him belting. I don't know. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We'll um, see. We'll see. Like doing like belting show tunes or something. Like I imagining Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker running around singing like West Side Story <laughs> is doing a number on my mind. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm here for it. Definitely. Um, uh, it could happen. God, it's going to be so nightmarish. Literally the biggest nightmare. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. We're, we're here. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> we are here. We're on some steps Just in the to, Bronx. Uh, before, watching a clown dance. Lest this, lest this go unsaid, welcome to Buzzed On Movies. I'm Teddy. I, I'm Matt. Uh, and we're we're back. It's been a while. We, <laughs> we're back, baby. We uh, we so we hinted at this in the last episode that we were going to be gone for a while. Um, we were gone longer than expected, but I also expected that. So, hmm, is it really unexpected? It's not. Well, it's not unexpected to us. Um, uh, us specifically, there's been a lot going on in the meantime. Been busy. You know, Life we've both we've both been on vacation. We've both had sure. COVID. Sure. Uh, <laughs> So uh yeah, things have been kind of crazy, but we're back here. We're ready to talk tonight. And tonight today, today tonight, right? It's, it's always tonight in the Buzz On Movies Theater. You're right, you're right. We we wear sunglasses. It's mm. it's always I dark. I wear my sunglasses at mm, night. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. So uh we're back, and tonight's topic of conversation is Urban Legends Final Cut. A true classic. Mm. The film, final cut, if you um, if you will, it's a it's a, yeah. a really classic piece of <laughs> it, cinema. It is a it is a, a two thousand film, the sequel to the film Urban Legend. It is a very random film for us to be covering here, but we'll get sure into is. why we're doing that in a bit. First, it's, uh, it's possibly the most two thousand film that has ever existed. It feels it extremely two thousand, extremely like turn of the millennium. Yeah this film um so yeah but before we get into that we, we've got some other movie news and stuff to cover uh as we led into this we're talking about joker 2 mm. the the new movie that has been announced the sequel to the joker movie <laughs> there's some news that came out about that this week and it's pretty wild it's a lot it's like a whole lot so the movie's going to be a musical, and I, um, <laughs> I guess it, I guess that's going to happen. I guess we're all just going to live in the world where Joker yeah. Two is a musical, um, and then on top of that, because they weren't content to just let it be a musical with Joaquin Phoenix as that Joker guy, um, they decided that uh, the co-star is going to be Harley Quinn, played by Lady Gaga. <laughs> um, I don't know. 
what to say. This is really going to be something. Um, uh, the only thing I could possibly say is that Jared Leto must be weeping. Like, I like still <laughs> what could stopping. have been? Because you... <laughs> not only is it, did his Joker get completely just like evaporated out of like the timeline of of movie history now they're doing a musical version and lord knows the boy can sing yeah so yeah uh, he would have loved to do a musical version i'm sure yeah um he must be like you know he's probably fighting for morbius 2 the musical so (laughs) um (laughs) that would be that would be pretty crazy uh i don't know how that would get greenlit but you know what i'd probably see it It'd be self-funded by Jared Leto (laughs) using his 30 seconds to Mars money. The passion project. Uh, Yeah, but this is going to be interesting. Uh, Lady Gaga and Joaquin Phoenix, both like super method, super get into the role type people. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see them side by side. They're both similarly very weird and very obsessed with their own weirdness. So it's it's very interesting that Absolutely. they're both going to do a movie about two characters who are also pretty obsessed with their own weirdness. It's all a bit much. It's just like a bit too on the nose, the whole thing that's happening right here. Um, but you know what? I won't pretend I'm not excited. Yeah. I, I like and maybe not in the way that they want me to be excited, <laughs> admittedly. Um, but I am very much looking forward to having a, a moment where I'm in a theater watching this. Um, and just to experience the the godforsaken world that we live in, yeah. putting this on screen for me. It's um, simultaneously unexpected and yet exactly what you'd expect it, from well, a yeah, it's, sequel. It's a super unexpected, but then like as soon as you hear about it, it's like, oh, I should have expected that. It's what it is. It's like, <laughs> right. yeah, this all this all it makes too much sense, actually. Um you know what? It's gonna be something. That's it sure is. It will be something. Yeah, yeah. We will. It is. It is going to be a movie that we will see. Yes. Um, and that's by a the, really good description of it. Speaking of Jared Leto, um, we didn't really get to this last time. Uh, we did mention the the movie Morbius that came out. We were both si- similarly unimpressed by it. But uh, since then, <laughs> there has been sort of an online phenomena around this movie. <laughs> If you're listen, if you listen to us, you probably already know about this. Yeah, well, um, people have been sarcastically hyping up the movie, and ironically watching it, <laughs> which is the funniest thing that could happen to this movie. Um, but this got hyped up so much to the extent that the film got a re-release a couple weeks ago, which is just a nightmare. So there were there were re-screenings of Morbius, which already did not do particularly well, but they, they thought, oh well, the people want it back. And it made like something like eighty dollars per theater. <laughs> it was really well, bad. Yeah, like nobody I just can't believe that like who talked them into I, I just don't understand. Like people were making jokes because they were making fun of the movie. Why did you think that would translate to people going to see it? Like people, people are talking about our movie. It's got to be, uh, it's got to be in demand. Everyone it's like it's not like it. it's like it's not like cats, you know. Like like it's like very hard to get a movie that's so bad you'll fill up theaters for it. Um, yeah, very strange that they thought Morbius was that movie. People were doing like, really strange things with it too. Like they were like watching it on a nonstop loop on a Discord channel, 
Yes. And, and like they're like people have been posting like the entire movie from beginning credits to end credits, like sped up as a two minute video or GIF to Twitter. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's yes. really there's like people have I've seen a lot of weird things so in my time. Things. A lot of weird obsessions with certain movies, but this one, like, there's something different about this one. It's it's hit a new high. On well, like par- I how think part weird of it is you can be about a movie. I think part of it is just like Jared Leto. Like everybody yeah. likes to make fun of Jared Leto at this Definitely. point. Um, so it's very funny when Jared Leto has hyped a movie for multiple years. I mean, <laughs> how long were we watching trailers for this movie? We've it's, literally been seeing them since like 2019. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So like, and Jared Leto went full method uh, for this. Um, as we mentioned in our last episode, if I'm not mistaken, he went full method even so much as like constantly using his like walker for the like 10 minutes of scene in the movie where he uses his walker, <laughs> I have to say. Um, and, you know, he did all of this and then it just it's not even that it was technically a bomb because it wasn't. I mean, it, it sucks because they spent so much money on advertising, but like in yeah. just pure numbers of budget versus like box office, actually, technically, they made back more than their you know, yeah it budget. was probably like not a smash hit but it did okay right like they're not they're right. not losing a ton of money over this but like nobody was talking about it like nobody <laughs> cared it did not like it was just like a it barely made a blip on the radar after it released and so that's just like the ultimate slap in the face for jared leto i'm sure he would rather it have been so bad everybody was laughing at it yeah. from the start <laughs> um because he likes to have people talk about him um so you know it was just like that made it very fun to make fun of. Um, and like somehow Sony didn't realize that. And somehow Jared Leto getting in on the joke on Twitter. I mean, that helped ruin it. When <laughs> that basically that, that... ended the joke. Yeah. He, like he posted a video on Twitter of him, like oh, reading the script to Morbius two. It's Morbin time. It's Morbin time, which is what everyone's been saying. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that that joke's been over for a little while now after Jared Leto basically killed it. Maybe in a way he might have done that on purpose. I I wouldn't count out the fact that Jared Leto was like, I know the way to stop people from making fun of me. That's true, yeah. He he's somewhat smart, you know. He probably realized the best way to to end the joke would be to get in on it. Because yeah. at that point it's like just exceptionally uncool once he was <laughs> trying to be a part of it. Um, yep. God, it was just such a weird, that was such a weird, like couple of weeks where everything was Morbius all the time. <laughs> it's the kind of stuff that goes on online. You, you never know oh, what's going to happen. The internet. We're basically, we're living in, um, God damn it. What is that movie? The fucking, the, the, the internet, the internet video game movie. The one. Gamer? No, the the newer one, the Spielberg one. Oh, uh, Ready Player it. One. Yes, no. we're, ba- we're we're living in the Ready Ready Player One times. Man, I was recently trying to read that and I couldn't really get through it. It was so bad. Yeah, I've heard the book is not very good. I don't know. Um, the movie was okay, but I have very fond memories of that movie. Nostalgia due to a certain um, analyst who was involved ah, in the uh-huh. first time that I saw it. Um, <laughs> so. Um, I, I cannot 
confidently speak to the quality. You know of what? Film. Sometimes, um, sometimes the movie is made better by your experience while the watching it. <laughs> the yes. sort of things that you do, and for that, the reason, sort of things that happen while you're viewing that movie. You know, <laughs> in a crowded Times Square theater. And for um, that reason, one of my favorite movies is The Devil Inside from 2012. Moving right the along. The poster is like somebody pulling their lip down and there's like an upside down cross on their lip or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. It's it, it's a movie that apparently was not originally supposed to be a found footage movie, but they just like re-edited it into a found footage movie because they were popular at the time. God. <laughs> God knows I love it. Love that. Just genius filmmaking. Yeah. Top notch stuff. <sighs> So you got to do it. Um, other movie news recently. Um, sure. Top Gun. I mean, Top I, it's, Gun. it's kind of a news story in itself. Just like what a smash hit this movie has been. The, yeah. the sequel to the 1983 film. So it's been a hell of a long time, but Tom Cruise has still got it. Uh, I think we both love this movie. I had a great yes. time. Yeah. Um, saw this on the on the I purposely went out of my way to figure out what the biggest screen at my local theater is and saw it wow. at one of those show times. Cause wow. I was like, I need the full experience of this. And it was awesome. Like they, they don't have IMAX at my theater. So I was like, well, I just got to see it on the biggest screen. And I right. did, it was cool. It's, you know, it's fun. It's the kind of easy action movie that we used to get more of. You don't get it as much these days, but it's just, it's really fun. And yes. it's not it's not going to it's not going to win a bunch of Oscars, but it's the sort of thing you love to go see at the movies in the middle of the summer. Perfect for that. And sure. Is. It's like it. it's like the old old school summer blockbuster. It's like it felt it felt great to like have that back. You know, it was just nice. that I mean, te- it sucks because technically it is a legacy movie. There is like it's based off existing IP. Yeah. But it felt like it was like a brand new, like original piece because it's just like so far removed from what we're used to seeing as summer blockbusters at this point. Yeah. Um, like usual summer blockbusters have like 20 movies that came before them at this point. Um, well, and so many um, of the, like so many leg- legacy sequels these days, like forget what it was about the original that made it fun. And they like try yes. to make it like more dramatic and like place so much more emphasis on like, the, oh, here are all your old favorite characters, and we get to see them say their favorite lines and stuff like that. Um, but this didn't feel like that. Like we we did right. have some solid ties to the previous movie. You got like um, some nods at scenes from before, like they had the the football scene on the beach instead of the volleyball. They had I mean, the uh, entire opening was the exact same as the opening from the first yeah, movie. Yeah, they had <laughs> they had Goose's son playing the piano just like his yeah. dad did, but it felt more like they were like just respecting the original without having to copy it the whole time. And well, I think one, I think the movie was very wisely wrestling with its own place as a legacy sequel, which most legacy yeah. sequels don't do. They just think that they take it for granted that people will want to see them because they're a legacy movie. This movie was like, what does it mean to be a legacy movie? Which was kind of nice. Um, yeah. But who knew Tom Cruise would be in the smart legacy sequel? Um, well, Tom Cruise is a, you know, he's a intelligent guy who like plans his career really well. He's, he Air wasn't going to be in a, he's a lunatic, crappy... but he, God knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's great at filmmaking. That's, sure that's is. all, sure all I know. Um, but he yeah like he he wasn't gonna be in some like cash grab sequel 
Um, I think he was, and he, I'm pretty sure that he only would have appeared in this if he had like a lot of creative control over the way the movie went. And like the way, like hearing from like the way it was on set, even though he was like the star of the movie, it sounds like he was like in charge of the movie as well. Basically. Yeah. Um, not to knock any of the directors or anything, but right. No, of course not. But Tom Cruise is definitely like exerting his own control here. Um, and it yes. shows, you know, it's yeah. it's the sort of thing that that he likes to do with like the Mission Impossible movies and stuff. He's just like good old fashioned high octane thrills and stunts and stuff. Right. And they they did all that like all those scenes in the planes. They like they shot for real. Like they, yeah, there's which is crazy. Yeah. A lot less like CGI in this movie than you'd think. Uh, well, Tom Cruise doesn't do shit that's fakey. He um. <laughs> famously injures himself trying to do things that he maybe shouldn't be doing. Yeah. (laughs) There was a, there was a story recently that, um, when they were filming, uh, ghost protocol, the, the scene famously where he climbs up the Burj Khalifa. Right. And, um, uh, apparently when they were in the planning stages for that shot, they, they were showing him how they were going to do it with like a digital, tom cruise climbing the building he said there is no digital tom there's only the real tom oh my god (laughs) hell yeah that sounds like exactly what he would say in that situation that is like that is tom Tom cruise Cruise. yeah um he's a he's an interesting fellow but uh he he sure knows how to turn him out and top gun maverick great film so definitely check it out really good it's a fun summer at the movies it's been making just insane amounts of money crazy that this movie is making so much just so much money good for it you know i'm very happy for it but it is like just like not expected yeah i mean go figure we're gonna and of course as expected we got a uh a trailer for the next mission impossible movie along oh of course yeah which will Uh, be uh, go on to make also loads of money so yeah it looks awesome as expected. They're all awesome. It's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Mission Impossible just uh, does not disappoint. Well, they've gotten better with age, if anything. Yeah. They've, uh, they've <laughs> yeah, no. Like as, as the movies have gone, they've gotten stronger over time. Um, so. What I'll say for Mission Impossible is that the day Tom Cruise leaves, it's done. There's not going to be a 007 thing where you can swap them out. It's yeah, like Tom yeah. Cruise leaves, and the, it's time to if you want to do more, you've got to reboot. It's not a it's not a continue with a different Tom Cruise or a different yeah. whatever. You know, Ethan Hunt. Yeah, he is that franchise. I think they like they right. tried to introduce some other characters that could have potentially replaced him earlier on, but he was like, "Nah, I'm going to keep doing this." Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, he he owns that franchise now. Um, uh, what else has come out recently that we um, have seen? Well, nothing. Well, that's not. I was gonna say nothing good, but that's not totally true. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I saw Crimes of the Future. I liked that. Um, that was pretty good. Pretty good. Um, pretty pretty good. Pretty pretty. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion came out. That was pretty bad. Um, yeah. Pretty bad I, time. Pretty, pretty bad. I've um, still not seen either of those, and I really wish I could see Crimes of the Future, but it's just not playing around here. They, mm. uh, It's it's too edgy for the theaters here. Didn't they just have um, men? Didn't you see men? Did I make they that did up? have men. They had men, yeah. Longer than I would... That stuck around longer than I would have expected. I did... I That's really kind liked, of unexpected. Well, I don't know if they I'd say I really that. liked men. 
I like men pretty well. I th- I, I thought it was men was men was interesting and in that it was an interesting idea, but it was also a bit um maybe a bit on the nose in a way that didn't totally work all the time. Um, yeah, liked when they were blatantly when they were when the the man in question, um, one of them was just quoting Lita and the Swan by Yates at the end. I was like, what are we doing? This oh, is like yeah. so obvious. Um, <laughs> well, they, they, they like blatantly quoted uh, like mythology with similar yes. themes multiple times yes. in the movie. Yes. Um, uh, it was, it, I mean, that, there was definitely a lot of interesting stuff going on. I'm just not sure it was totally, totally sense. I don't know. It was just a bit weird, but I was not, I, I respect that it had ideas and was trying to do something. So yeah. that's what I'll, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't realize what was going on with the casting in this movie, so to speak, ah, uh, yes. until we got to that scene in the pub. And I was like, Oh, oh. okay. That's, <laughs> that's an interesting choice. Yes. That um, makes it very clear. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it was fun. It was it like what is an interesting a, word for this an, movie? <laughs> well, fun in like a ooh, I'm watching some weird shit right now kind of way. Uh, um, the ending is very, very weird and strange. Um, the ending make, takes a turn for the graphic that is unexpected. Um, of course, it's playing. I mean, the movie expects you to feel deeply uncomfortable with what's going on in the end, and it's it, it's asking you why you feel uncomfortable with that, but not if it were if the genders were different there. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is, of course, an interesting question to ask and a smart one. And by judging by the man who sat next to me in the Alamo, even though half the seats in the auditorium were <laughs> open and he could have sat anywhere, who got up and walked out during that scene, I'd say point taken. Um, um, oh, I hate when people do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my God. It drove me insane because I was the first one to buy, to get my, technically I didn't buy it. I have this Alamo season pass. I was the first one to get my ticket for, for that. Um, but no, they didn't. Uh, they still uh, sat directly next to me. And I was like, why? That, why? Why? Yeah. Why? 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 <laughs> that, that is unfortunate. There was a uh, one time Lauren and I were going to the movies and we booked our tickets and when we got there, there was someone sitting in our seats. So we're like, oh, can you can you move? Because these are our seats. It was like, okay. And he moved one seat over. Oh so then we were God. sitting next to this random guy <laughs> the entire time. Why? So, Why do people do that? I mean, that person, it sounds like they hadn't bought tickets. So they probably didn't know. Yeah, maybe not. Um, but it was like, there was like tons of other seats available. Yeah. So like you could have gone Right, anywhere. exactly. But You could have at least moved two seats down. Like leave one space. Like, I don't understand why you, why you would do that. Like there, there's, I don't know. It made no sense. This guy and men, there was plenty of room to leave an extra space. Um, whatever. Yeah. On the plus side in that one, they accidentally, the light lighting cues came up partway through the movie. Oh, and no. so I told them. And so they gave me a free chocolate bar. Um, so I will say <laughs> I got a free Alamo chocolate bar. Oh um, yeah. That's a nice bonus. Uh, yeah. Um, I was like, I should have not said anything. Cause then maybe at the end I could have complained and then they would have given me a free ticket. Not that it mattered. Cause I used my Alamo season pass, but, um, no. The theater is usually so around here. The theater is usually so empty when I go that like when I book my tickets, I not only like book one that I'm not sitting near anyone else, but I also like consider the sight lines of the people behind me. I'm like, oh, I could just like move over here and there would be literally nobody behind me in the whole theater. I literally always do that. But people, other people, I don't know if they're just like don't go to the movies often so they don't care or if they're like just so entitled that they don't think it matters. Like that they can be where, like I will say I often am in a position where I'm picking like the center seat in a row, like, and often sort of like the best seat in the house. Like I'm like in, you know, the, the yeah. just back of center 
and in the middle of the row, like that's usually what I do um, Mm -hmm. because that's the best place to be. Um, And people will just decide to sit directly next to me, even though there's plenty of other seats. And I'm like, you know, it's okay if you sit one seat over from the center, like it's fine. Like you don't have to sit right next to me. Like I, I, it drives me insane. It's so weird. I, I really hate it. I I do not understand people who do that. Um, It's one thing, obviously if it's very crowded, then do whatever you yeah. need to do. But like, yeah, if it's crowded, then like all bets are off. You yeah, and I don't, and it's can. so I don't care. I'm in a public movie theater. Like, it's like I can't complain if somebody's sitting directly next to me. But it's like, why would you want to do that? It always feels to me like they're being like, I wanted your seat, so I'm going to sit directly next to you to be annoying, to be annoying about it. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, but if you wanted my seat, you should have gotten it earlier. Like, like I always do. Like, I usually get my movie tickets like. On like Sunday, I'll get a couple for the week. Like, so mm-hmm. that so like I'm usually one of the first. Like, I like sitting um in the like the very front row of the the second section. You know, not not like the front front, but like mm-hmm. the. Front so I of often the... don't have theaters with multiple sections, but yeah. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I like, know what you're talking about, but a lot of so like when there's like a front like section and like, yeah, okay, yeah, then there's yeah. like an aisle. Um, but I there like, couple, I like, but not, not, I like sitting fact, behind the, only yeah. at one of the, re- the AMCs here. Is it really like the restaurant? Really like I guess like, are they Union older Square. theaters? Some of them. So the one at, at union square is one where all the seats have been rehabbed into recliners and they're heating recliners specifically. And oh, most boy. of those, um, not most, but like, it's like six auditoriums there. And like three of them maybe have like, three rows or four rows in the back, then a, then an aisle and then a bunch of rows in front. And I usually actually sit in the back row of the front section. Um, that's my preferred. Um, Cause they're all recliners. So I don't really, you know, uh, every, every seat is basically good. Um, except for yeah. like the front two rows in general. And then there are a couple of auditoriums at the Times square one that are like that. Um, but not too many. And actually what it turned yeah, there's like one that has like sections at the Times Square one, and then the rest there they have like a balcony section, which is not really the same. And I oh, don't yeah. really like the balcony section. Um, oh, I like a balcony. Well, it depends, I guess. Some of yeah. them, some of them could be weird, but I used to love sitting in the balcony at the Uptown Theater in DC. I like the balcony at um the, the Dolby Cinema at Lincoln Square's AMC. I really Ooh. like the balcony there. That's pretty nice. Um, although if I go there, you know. I like to go to the the IMAX there, biggest screen, um, mm-hmm. biggest IMAX. Yeah, that is a big IMAX. I want to see that someday. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I haven't been to an IMAX in a long time now. What's the last I movie I saw in IMAX? I didn't see Top Gun Maverick in IMAX. I saw that in Dolby, but not in IMAX. The last movie I saw in IMAX, honestly, might have been Black Widow. <laughs> I'm trying to think about what else. Interesting um, choice. In IMAX. Um, well, it just the time. Oh, you know what? Dune. Dune. I totally saw an IMAX at the link. Oh yeah. Oh, that must yeah, have been awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was really good. Um, that was definitely the last one I saw in IMAX. Um, that was like one of those things where it'd be like all most of the the screenings like are lightly filled, and then you'd look at the IMAX ones, and it was just like sold out almost. And I'd be like, all right, everybody <laughs> wants to see Dune in IMAX. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Totally makes sense. Yeah, I don't think I'm. I'm looking through what else I saw. I've seen recently, and that's definitely it that I saw in IMAX. Um, uh-huh. 
I don't go to IMAX too often. It's like like I like going to the Dolby more than I like going to IMAX because I I like I like really good sound quality too. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. The, Dolby's the IMAX great thing sound. is isn't always what I need. I don't always need it to be that big, but it is nice. Sometimes it's nice if it's that big. I think it, it depends like if it's um, if the movie's shot for it, like if there's actual extra picture for you to see. Yes. Versus just yes. being a bigger screen. Right. Um, I saw Lightyear last night. Uh, How not was it? in IMAX, but like in my my typical in the biggest theater in the front section. Uh, so very good for you. Surrounded by the picture. It was pretty good. Uh, visually, it was really really good looking um yeah that's my understanding of it yeah it's it's got it like kind of an interesting storyline for like it's not just like a straightforward space adventure it's got like some weird like pseudo time travel stuff going on um it was pretty cool i liked it um it's not doing too well right now um i don't like i don't know why they like disney has been so adamant about like oh this is this movie is like exists in andy's universe and andy saw this as a kid it's like why like why do we need all this i don't like can we just have a a fun movie about buzz lightyear like as a character that's fine like it's just like oh yeah now he's a spaceman not just a toy spaceman that's all you really need to say like they had a whole TV show like that. That was right. just like, yeah. yeah, this is just a TV show where he's a real space ranger. That's it. It doesn't right. have to be any more complicated than that. But yeah. they've made it really weird, and people are people are like making jokes about that online as well right now. It's yeah. like this is not this is not about the toy Buzz Lightyear. It's about the real person that the toy is based on, or. I don't know. It and they made things even weirder by like they they released this bit of artwork that shows like Andy watching the movie in theaters with the toys. And it's like, wait, so now, so the toys went and saw the movie with him. So why were the toys confused when Buzz Lightyear showed up and they didn't know who he was? Like, and none, stop of the, none of it. Stop trying to squeeze it into like some sort of canon. It doesn't have to like, not everything has to have like a fucking like 10 page Wikipedia entry about it. This, right. this can just be like a fun spaceman movie. But uh, I think if you ignore all that weird stuff, it's just it's a fun space adventure kind of movie. Um, all right. It's a little unusual, but I think it's a good time. It's funny. Like, that's the one thing that you don't get from any of the advertising leading up to this is that it's pretty funny. Like, there's there's a lot of funny bits in it. Um, the advertising has been treating it much more seriously. <laughs> Yeah, it, do, it actually does look pretty serious. I wouldn't, I don't know. It kind of looks like it's like an animated version of a, like a standard, like adult space drama. Like, I don't yeah. really know. And I mean, and parts of it are like that. Like, I, I think it is a little more adult than what you would expect for like a kid's Pixar movie. And it like, it grapples with some kind of heavy topics, but you know, it's still at the end of the day, it's, it's a fun kids kind of movie with some more mature themes. Um, right. Yeah, it, it was a fun watch. I enjoyed it. Well, I'll see it eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I that's that's been about it. It's been kind of a rough couple weeks at the movies recently. Not a lot coming out, but there's going to be more coming out soon, very soon. We've got the Black Phone coming out soon. I'm really looking forward Woo-hoo! to that. 
Woo! Keep seeing those ads where it's like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, all right, let's all temper our temper <laughs> our our hype here. But yes, I am very excited. Um, that looks pretty good. Hopefully Got the Elvis scary. movie. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be bad. Looking forward to it. Um, it's gonna be. It's probably gonna be bad, but it's gonna be bad in like a really fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm totally excited about it. Um, but all signs point towards not being um, <laughs> exceptionally good. Um, but it will be fun all the same. I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. And a little further afoot, we've got Thor Love and Thunder. That looks we've pretty good. Looking nope good. coming out. So That looks very good. Looking still to lots it. to look forward to this summer. Um, we love movies. We're gonna be we're gonna be keeping you apprised of all this going on. We sure are. Um, what is the? I guess the what are the big summer blockbusters? Is Thor: Love and Thunder the next big summer movie? I mean, like the Black Phone will be one, but that's not really like a blockbuster. Yeah, um, yeah, it's Thor: Love and Thunder. There's the Minions movie coming out. God <laughs> no! <laughs> that's gonna... oh, I forgot. That's oh, gonna be big. That looks so bad. It looks so bad. It's only two weeks away. I had forgotten about that movie, and then they showed a trailer for it during Jurassic World Dominion, which I saw on my fucking birthday. Do you know how disappointing this whole experience was on my birthday? Why um, did you see that on your birthday? It was the only like new release it was in theaters that was playing on my birthday, like at a convenient time on my birthday that I could see at the Alamo. Like I wanted to go somewhere where I could like eat and drink while seeing the movie, and I wanted okay. it to be a new yeah. release, and my birthday was on a Wednesday, so um, you know, I I did, it was like that or Bob's Burgers, and I didn't. I wasn't really in the mood for Bob's Burgers. I feel yeah. like I want to be like high when I go see Bob's Burgers, <laughs> so like I don't really. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, something about me, like I, I was interested in seeing the Bob's Burgers movie, but I just still haven't managed to go see it. I'm What's funny like, is hey, I, I, I've eaten mm. some of the like Bob's Burgers specialty menu at the Alamo, but I haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah, see, <laughs> that's I wanted. I wanted to see it at Alamo because I, I saw and I they had were the doing sangria. that. I even had like the Bob's Burgers sangria, and I was like, this is all very good, but I still haven't seen the movie. Um, um, but yeah, that sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, their burger for Bob's Burgers was good. Um, I will say that I ate that during that was, I ate that during Crimes of the Future. <laughs> like, eating this massive burger and fries during Crimes of the Future, oh, like two seats down for me. It was like, hmm. and I was like, well, you know, what, what you got to do? The person like three seats on the other side of them was eating a plate of like cauliflower wings, and I was like, you know what? We're doing it out here. We are out here. <laughs> we we are love eating gross, to- <laughs> mushy sounding things. It's going well for us both. <laughs> love to eat a full meal during a relatively disgusting movie. But honestly, the the high it has been overhyped on in terms of how disgusting it is. It is pretty gross at moments, but like it's like a few moments, and then the rest is like very much just like drama. Yeah. Um, which is you know fine. Um, like it was very good. I liked it, but yeah. Um, when I went to see Spiral from the Book of Saw, they I I went to see it at the at the dine in theater here because that was the only one that was open. Um, and they brought my chicken sandwich right right before the finger pulling scene. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I was just like I was like, it feels really weird to be eating right now. Okay. <laughs> see, the problem with this is that like I have to like talk myself like into or out of eating in these situations because like I it takes a lot for a movie's like gore to bother me. And in terms of eating, like it's very, very rare for that to like be a problem for me. But yeah. I, I have to like remind myself, Hmm, 
other people might be put off by what I'm consuming right now. Like if I'm like sloppily eating a burger that's like dripping ketchup during like Spyro from the Book of Saw, people might (laughs) feel a little weird about it. But like in my mind, I'm just like, this doesn't phase me. Like I'm just like, I've watched so many of these movies. Like, like it like takes a lot for anything to bother me. And I don't even know what it would have to be at this point. It had to be like, I guess almost what Crimes of the Future was, which is like digging around inside of somebody. Like not just like blood. It has to be like, you know, digging through organs like that can be a bit much but even that this didn't bother me here i don't know why i don't know crimes of the future didn't really phase me in terms of its like ick factor even though everybody kept hyping up how gross it was and like people were like leaving the theater and i was like really like for that like did they i mean it's a cronenberg movie did they not expect that in a minute i don't know um it's a cronenberg body horror whatever um yeah no very strange that people didn't know what to expect from that um I'm watching pollen fly. The, the, the wind is very bad here, and I'm watching pollen come into my window. I'm like, this is really good. Oh, no. Um, I'm, You're going to be I'm, sneezing soon? Well, I am definitely on a lot of allergy meds at the moment, because this morning I was, like, suffering. Um, oh, God. But, um, <laughs> the, it's been such a weird season here, so it's been, like, suffering for two days and then fine for a few days and then suffering again. I'm like, can we just, like pick one like i don't like i don't want to have to like wake up and every day be like is today a suffering day or not also it's like the end of june like aren't we past this like i don't yeah really you'd hope that the, the pollen would be gone by then well things the weather here has still been weird like today is like a a hoodies and long pants day still like, really yeah wow it's like chilly today um it's very strange the the weather has been very weird here and um, I keep thinking about like my coworker who like in, it was like the end of March or early April. Somebody was like, wow, it's still like not warm here at all. And I was like, yeah. And my coworker was like, well, just wait till next month. It's going to be hot and you're going to be sweating all the time. And they're like, it's going to be May. Like in New York, it's not gonna be that hot. It's gonna be like 80 degrees. It hasn't even been that. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like it's been in the seventies so far. We've had a couple days that have gotten above 80 and that's it. Um, I'm oh, not complaining. Yeah. But, that's nice. Yeah. It's about to change. Like next week looks like there'll be some like 81, 82 degree days, but yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's been pretty hot here. Um, I know. I know. <laughs> I watched. And also I was in Florida for a bit um, where it was just oh, like God. obscene. Florida, Florida. We both experienced that recently. It was just so hot. Just like so warm, but that was nice for like a week. I was like, yeah, that's what I want. All right. Well, I think that's about all we have to cover for recent so. movie stuff. Yeah. Why don't we get into the main topic for now? Uh, the uh, the 2000 film Urban Legends: The Final Cut. Yes. Before uh, we start, what are you sipping on for this movie? What are you? Uh, oh, your drink of choice. Well, I I did not really plan very well for this, uh, but I am drinking an Owls Brew Boozy Tea. Oh my god! See, is a an alcoholic sparkling tea. That sounds um, really upsetting. Um, <laughs> yep. I drank some hard seltzer teas at Pride last weekend. Um, it, a uh-huh. case of them in the in the street. Um, well, I didn't drink the whole case. I feel like I <laughs> they had a whole case um, of them. <laughs> um, and I didn't How really did that know that go? there was like sparkling hard tea. Like I didn't know that was like a thing that existed until last. Apparently, week. it is. Um, it's all right. It's okay. All right is the word I think I would use for that. Um, I can't. I can't say that I put any thought into this. um, In a way, it makes sense because they're at school, and at school is when I drank a lot of tea, 
like in college, I drank so much tea. So yeah, yeah, sure. There we go. That's that's it. Um, so it's um, sort of on theme. Um, I'm happy. I'm here to help. Um, <laughs> I, on the other hand, am drinking Cosmos, which are used in. Oh, movie. that's perfect. So, yes, yeah. there is a prominent. Well, I don't know if I'd say prominent, but there's a scene that prominently features Cosmos. Yes. Um. Yes. All right. So before we get into the movie itself. Should probably talk about why we're reviewing this movie in particular. So random, uh, yeah. We should. It's talk kind about of that. a weird one. Okay, so I remember seeing this movie on TV sometime in the early to mid two thousands. I was that probably like, when the movie would have been on TV. Yeah, that yeah. I was probably like fifteen at the time, something like that. Um, just just judging from around, like my memory of this. But I all I remembered of this movie was that it was a slasher film set at a film school that there was a scene where somebody gets murdered outside, but nobody hears it because they're recording screams for a movie (laughs) inside. Um, And I remember that there was a scene where they discovered that um, somebody's film that they made got switched out and like they spliced the end credits onto a different film. And that, that was pretty much everything I remembered. I also, uh, it turns out I also remembered the, um, the scene where they filmed something on an old amusement park ride, but I thought that was part of a different movie. So I didn't never really connected that part to this, but yeah. Anyway, so that was all I remembered. I didn't, I didn't, know the title or anything i probably started watching this like midway through the movie (laughs) and i don't even know if i saw the ending because i don't like i don't it's funny actually to watch this now because i really don't remember much of the movie at all other than those scenes um like i i I thought that going back to watch it would like jog my memory but no like (laughs) it's just literally those for all it's I know, I could have just been exceptionally memorable. It's not an flipping around memorable. on TV, but I I just thought that was interesting. How like you like at a certain time you don't really do this anymore, but you would just watch movies on TV and just like watch whatever the hell was on. God, that is watch, my like, favorite. Watch like half of it and then leave. That's my favorite thing to do. I love having cable and I have like a bunch of the movie channels. And it, whenever I'm like off for days at a time, I'll do that. Sometimes I'll just I'll like flick through and just like find something random. Um watch like taking lives randomly on tv and i'm like hell yeah taking lives what is <laughs> it could this be, it could like be murder by that. numbers i'll be like yeah fuck yeah that's exactly what i need right now yeah um, like i was at my mom's a few months ago and i like watched like the first half of the fugitive i was like oh yeah that's good yeah like, that's enough for me yeah. that's the shit that is so great i'm off work for the next week and i'm totally gonna do some of that i'm just gonna like sit down i'm gonna plop on my couch turn on cable and be like what's on What's on Fox, whatever, the, the movie channel? What's on Stars right now? Let's just see. Um, yeah. So good. So, so anyway, like for years, I didn't really know anything about this movie. Um, I don't know whether I, I didn't care to know what it was at the time, but I've remembered this over the years. I've been like, what, what movie is that? And every time I've tried to look it up, I've never been able to like put the right search terms together or maybe like I was, I can't believe a movie with death on minor themed ride. didn't work. <laughs> well, that's the, like if I, remembered, of that. <laughs> if I remembered that part, maybe it would have been better, but, but I, I, I would just be like horror movie film school, 
like movie which would have been like a lot of movies between pers- 1998 and 2005 exactly so. like that's the thing there's there's too many and also like at least at a certain time when you were searching that you'd also just get all sorts of other movies set at schools which there yes. are just a bazillion of yeah um so it was only recently and i think this was after we reviewed well <laughs> We reviewed Scream 2. Somehow that episode got lost. Someday, someday perhaps it will make an appearance. Um, but yes, we we watched all the Scream movies. And Scream 2 is set at a college. And there's a yes. prominent portion of it that takes place at like the film school section of the college. And I was like, man, I really need to find out what that movie was. So I like went, I did some digging. I found like an IMDb list of films set at schools and like went through all that. Like I searched like film school murder movie, stuff like that. I finally found the, the IMDb for this movie. And I was like, it's not urban legends, final cut, like the sequel to urban legend. And maybe part of this is why it was so hard for me to find this. Cause I like discounted this movie at first. I'm like, no, no, it's not like part of some franchise or something. I thought this was like some little obscure movie that no one ever heard of. Um, but so I'm like digging through the plot summary. I'm like, yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's a murder while they're recording screams inside. And then like, oh, they find out that he spliced the wrong credits onto the movie. I'm like, this is definitely it. So then I knew we have to talk about this on the pod. Yeah. I respect (laughs) that. After like 10 years of searching for this movie, I found it. It's part of like my memories of watching movies at a certain time and like what like that whole time of watching movies on tv was like what started getting me really into film and i feel right. like in some way this movie despite <laughs> me not remembering like any of it has been part of like a seminal a seminal piece of me getting into film and filmmaking okay okay i love that um that's awesome uh what a uh what a random movie to be at all a part of your passion for film um it's very strange this is not the the movie that i would expect would uh incite a lot of passion for film in many people um but i'm glad that it worked for you um i don't i don't think so um as i said it's it's not particularly memorable it's just you know those scenes stuck with me for some reason right anyway to get into the film itself. Um, yes. First of all, this uh, this movie is made by a couple of uh, familiar names. Yes. First of all, uh, this movie was co-written by Scott Derrickson, who's known for Sinister, uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose, mm-hmm. and uh, the first Doctor Strange movie. Yes. So he's become somewhat of a big name since making this movie. Yes. I also, uh, yeah, Sinister. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, that's a great one. horror movie. Yeah, um, and he's this... the Black Phone most. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's coming out soon too. So, in a way, it's very fitting that we're reviewing yeah. this the week we before. Will, the I'm Black sure we will review the Black Phone when it comes out. So, so this, and we'll we'll compare and see how similar this is. To yes, the Black I'm, Phone. I'm sure we we will have much to talk about in terms of the quality of this movie versus the Black Phone. I can't imagine there would be a <laughs> massive gulf in that quality. Um, <laughs> this movie is directed by John Ottman, yes. uh, which is very interesting. John Ottman, um, never, I haven't heard of him before, but apparently he is most known as a film composer. 
Um, he's done a lot of uh, composing work, mostly with Brian Singer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also done editing on some of his movies. And getting into that, <laughs> he won- recently won an Academy Award for editing Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> So we have inadvertently discussed John Ottman's work on the pod before without even knowing about it. And uh, quite frankly, multiple episodes of this show have we discussed his work. <laughs> He's come um, up quite a bit. And this in is the most flattering manner, I must not, say. Um, not necessarily. I'm not sure uh, that we're gonna discuss his work in the most flattering manner in a few moments either. So that's too this bad. is um, this is the only film that he has directed as a solo director. He also like co-directed something with Brian Singer. But it's the it's his oh, only Lion's Den. He did Lion's yeah. Den, right? Yeah. It's his only yeah. solo directorial effort, yeah. which is very interesting. Um, I don't know how he got onto this he movie. Mu- he must have just like done it, and then he was like, you know what? Not for me. This is this was uh, this was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, Maybe. Um, I gotta say, like the direction isn't particularly like bad or anything. I think it's it's perfectly well directed. I think it's fine, but there's like so many other problems with the movie that the direction <laughs> is like not like something that one even like considers. So yeah, yeah. So let's let's get into the film itself now that we've had all sorts of weirdness just yeah. surrounding it. Um, so this movie is a sequel to the original urban legend, which yes. is, which I have not seen by the way. <laughs> so this makes it very interesting to me for me to be discussing this. Uh, okay, but I it's, find that upsetting. That why don't you, why don't original. you talk about urban legend since you've actually seen the movie? I mean, it's like, it's exactly what you think it is. It's, I mean, it's okay. So it's a serial killer is killing people and they're using, urban legends as like their method of killing people yeah that's it like 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 the opening scene is like a girl who's like driving home and like somebody keeps flashing their brights at her and she's like oh my god stop but then it turns out they're trying to stop somebody in her back seat from killing her you know that old urban legend yeah 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 obviously they end up killing her and it like it turns out she's friends with a group of friends that includes podcast fan favorite jared leto um oh who is like the star of that movie he's like the lead in that movie um, and yeah he's the lead of that movie and he, and he has doesn't since remember it he doesn't remember doing it he has since denied being in the movie and like said he doesn't remember it and then like when people reminded him that he was in that movie he was just like oh i just must have been like in a like a scene or something but no he's the lead of the movie yes Yes, that movie also features Alicia Witt, Rebecca Gayhart, Joshua Jackson, Tara Reid, Michael Rosenbaum, who you might know as Lex Luthor from Smallville, Robert uh-huh. England, um, Loretta Devine, Ooh. who reprises that role in this movie in the new in Urban Legend, uh, the final cut. Um, so actually, pretty, the cast is pretty pretty good and like yeah, very pretty stacked late, cast for it's like a that very late nineties. Yeah, it's extremely late nineties casting. Um, you know, and you get all sorts of like weird urban legend based deaths there's like a like a weird pop rocks you know you know that whole thing where you, you like pour soda in your mouth while you're eating pop rocks yeah yeah, yeah. It, like that is like a death in it like it's like, like all sorts of like crazy deaths i actually think the fun thing about the original is as as silly slasher 90s as it is the the urban legends that it references are actually like there's quite a few and they're all very fun i would say that a big problem with this movie and urban legends final cut is that it really the references to um <laughs> Our urban legends are uh, 
They ran out of ones. <laughs> they sure did. They sure they did used not have up ideas. all the good ones in the first movie. Um, oh, you know who else is in the in the first one? Brad Dorif. Um, another oh. uh, great, great, uh, great. Oh yeah, great they've character. got Dorif and England both in that. That's uh, some real horror royalty there. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's good. It's good. You've got the the first one. You've got like the the ankle slasher under the car thing. Um, you you got all sorts of fun stuff. Um. A dog in a microwave. Oh my god! Oh it's yeah, all, all yeah, kinds of crazy shit. I was at the first one. It's pretty fun. Um, it's not a great movie, but it's really, really fun. Late '90s slasher. Um, this one is. Uh, they just didn't have ideas, you know. Um, and I've never seen the the third one. Um, but it's called Bloody Mary. Bloody so Mary. I, yeah. You can kind of assume which urban legend that one's about. Um, right. right. <laughs> I, I don't think I have to think about that one. Um. So yeah, the the first one. It's like the big takeaway is it just like the killer. Like there's like there's like a security guard on campus who like doesn't who like believes like people are being killed and because of like are based on these urban legends and nobody will listen to her. That character make, returns in this movie and she makes a point to talk about the fact that her her, her like fears about that were written off at the last university she yeah. worked at. Um, it's like a whole thing. Um, Loretta Devine, she returns. Yeah, um, she's like she's just like opaquely referencing it. She's like, "Did you hear that story about the kids who got killed on the college campus when they were researching urban legends or whatever?" Yes. And like, never directly says that she was involved, but she was, and like, yeah. she very clearly. Yeah, she's like, "Well, um, I heard that the head of security had to take a low-level job at a different school." Yes, um, it's like this whole thing, and so like that's like the nature of the first movie, um, and yeah, it's uh. It's, it's a like, and so like she leaves obviously now the, the plot here is that she's at this new school, but her character in this movie, it's clear that they just wanted like some sort of connection to the first one. Her character here doesn't exactly do a whole lot. I mean, I like Loretta Devine and she's fun in every scene she's in, but, um, she's not exactly doing a ton here. (laughs) Yeah. She mostly just like shows up at the end of every murder to be like, oh my God, what's happening here? I think it's, I feel like the movie was almost like setting her up to be like, maybe the, like, like you were kind of, the movie wanted everybody to be a suspect here. Um, yeah. It was like every single character was possibly a suspect. Um, they, but, yeah, they, de- yeah. they had at least like five different red herrings in this movie. Yes. There was yes. like, there's a security guard. There was the secret brother. There was the weird production assistant. You thought that like the, the creepy guy who's like always talking about his connections might've been the killer. Like, and they even they even tried to make it seem like it could have been uh, the the main girl herself doing it. So like yeah, they really really threw you a lot of fake outs on this one. Yeah, none of them were particularly compelling, but um, it was like I loved that. Like I mean, the killer ended up being the character who was like the least interesting as the killer. Like I was like, what the fuck are we like? This character <laughs> had no role in this movie. Like I don't really know. The character that we'd only, we'd barely seen for like the, the latter two thirds of the movie just shows up and like, yep, I'm the killer. What do you think of that? And I'm like, uh, why? It just been fucking Joey Lawrence. Like fucking make him the killer. That guy was creepy and weird. The whole movie. Make, yeah. make him, do, make him do it. Um, um, no, it had to be fucking, uh, authority figure all right um yeah. so we'll get into that but yeah the the basic plot of this is that it's set at a film school and one uh and this girl um uh, jennifer let, morrison get, is the main let, yeah, character let's get some character names in here amy amy played by, played by jennifer, jennifer morrison. morrison from house yes. um 
wow that is the way everybody would know her isn't it yeah me i think jennifer morrison from once upon a time um so (laughs) that's true that's true i said she was also on once upon a time yes um but that yeah when i saw her i was like oh she was on house right yes but like this was like four years before house um so yeah so amy is like coming up with her thesis film for film school and her half the characters are coming up with their thesis film but yes 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 and and her thesis is going to be a a horror movie with uh where the the it's based on urban legend it's based on there's a serial killer killing people on urban legend it's basically like she hears about the events of urban legend and it's like oh i should make a movie based on this. So already we're getting heavily into like scream territory and like specifically scream two and scream three territory where they're like, Ooh, we've got a movie within the movie. That's about the first movie. Um, Yes. (laughs) So, and and much like scream two, this is set at a college. There's, there's a scene where someone gets chased around a recording studio uh, there's a lot of, a lot of similarities here. And this yeah. came out after scream two before scream three, I yes. believe. Yes. Um, it's definitely trying to, trying to fit into that same framework at multiple yeah. times. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? Um, it's uh, yeah, <laughs> it's an interesting thing to do. Um, um, so yeah, that's Jennifer Morrison is Amy. The other cast you've got Loretta Devine returns. Eva Mendez is here. Um, I just want to put that out for the world to know that Eva Mendez is yes. a star in this. Eva movie. Mendez is in this movie as a woman who dates a woman. I don't really. Um, yeah, it seemed like they were like leaning into that like two thousands women who date women are sexy kind of vibe. Yeah, um, they're like was, ah, we've got a lesbian yeah, in this one, folks. Yeah. Um, I was like, all right, um, Anson Mount is in this movie and Anson Mount pre crossroads starring Britney Spears. So I just want to be clear that somebody saw him in this movie and thought, you know, who would be a good movie, a good love interest for Britney Spears, that guy from urban legend, the final cut. Um, yes. So, he also yes. appeared in Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Um, that's true. Was... But he, he appeared in that because he'd appeared in the immortals. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. I was trying to make a Scott right Derrickson connection, but it's like, you're, you're still right. It's still, it's still true. Um, but that that's the TV show, right? The Immortals, that flop TV show that Marvel did. It was the Immortals. Um No, Immortals uh, was the movie. In no, humans. Eternal, in, in, in humans. Wasn't Eternals the movie? Eternals, Eternals was the movie. Eternals I was think the movie. Um, in humans is in humans is the In Humans was the movie or the TV show. Um I should know this. I read the comics. But that's like the the area of the Marvel Comics universe that I don't know that well. Like when it's like these weird cosmic god figures, I'm like, I don't know what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's too so, many of these too many of that um, Joseph Lawrence is in this movie you know late 90s royalty Joseph Lawrence um, he, so he plays the, the character who's like always talking about how his dad like knows everybody in the film industry and stuff like that right yes um, that's him yes yes he and he's wearing leather jackets a lot and um, and he's all and he uh, he's the one who's like Amy don't pretend that you got into this film school because you're so good. Your dad was a documentarian and that's why you're here. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He does that. He has that whole shtick. Um, uh, Matthew Davis is in this movie. You might know Matthew Davis as um, Warner Huntington, the third from legally blonde. Fun fact. Oh, he plays two characters in this movie in a plot point that made no sense. Um, I was like, why? (laughs) (laughs) That was it. Literally, like it was completely unnecessary. I like completely didn't go anywhere. But I feel like I've seen that. Wait, it it 
it feels like that moment in beer fest where uh <laughs> i can't believe beer fest is bringing where, out of the- where that the character who i can't remember his name the actor's name but he's the guy who plays farva in super troopers mm-hmm. uh where his character dies and is immediately replaced by his twin brother yes who who they promptly agree that they can call by the old character's name yes that was very yes very funny i loved that that happened in this movie because like first of all it didn't need to happen second of all they didn't even show the first guy's death yeah. so like i was like what are we doing like um like why is any of this happening like they didn't show the first guy's death so when the twin showed up i was like so obviously it's like not a twin right like it's him he faked his death yeah and then it was not that he faked his death and i was like what like why, why is any of this going on that might have just been like the- another <laughs> film student have died like it could have been literally anybody else like i think that could that might have been like part of the ideas that like you're, you're not sure the entire time like is this really a twin or is it just the first guy and he's like pulling he's the, the world's yeah. worst ruse yes. to disguise the fact that he's the killer. What's uh, crazy is that in 2000, I think you totally could have like faked your death and then just be like, actually, I'm my twin <laughs> and got away with it. Like in 2000, that totally would have worked. That would have that would have been some shit that you could have just like done. In 2022, it's like, hell no, you can't get away with that shit. But in, in 2000, anybody could have done that. I Man, I miss those days. Take us back. If I want to like, like just like start over, I'll just be like, no, Matt died. I'm his twin, Mark. I, I did get very, <laughs> very nostalgic for 2000 watching this. You know, yeah. the cell phones were little black flip thingies. Yes. Everybody people, had flip phones here. That, was that people were still suspicious would cause cancer. Well, that's uh, just an urban legend that they were. Yeah, no, that's yeah. they tied in. They tied in the urban legend there. Yes. Um, there are people drinking Fruitopia in this. In yes, this, Fruitopia. Which yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a throwback. Um. But yeah, this, this definitely feels like a turn of the millennium movie, as we said. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of confusing threads in this movie that don't really go anywhere. And like one of those is the twin brother thing. Like, <laughs> I guess, like Completely I said, completely unnecessary. Like it there might was like be no there to confuse you. Intentionally. You know what else was very funny? Let's get to the Cosmo scene. I guess okay. our, our, our summary of this movie is just like non-existent. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, no, no, we're going to be leaping around to yeah, just the most yeah. interesting scenes because the, the structure of this movie is pretty basic. She's making this movie based on urban legends. And one and, by one, somebody's killing people. Yeah. Like, crew members it. are getting killed and uh, they're wondering who this mysterious killer who's wearing the, um, uh, the fencing mask is <laughs> right. Yes. Um, they're wearing a fencing mask. That is also very funny. Um, very strange choice. Um, um, it's also very bougie film school that they're like, yes, I have a fencing mask to wear when I do my murder. <laughs> it's like, all right. Um, this film school is absolutely crazy. And, and like one of my favorite parts of the intro to this movie is when, uh, like the Dean or whoever is like welcoming everyone back to school after the break. And it is like, who are all welcome back to like the best film school in the history of the world or something like that. It's like, what? How many are there? First of all, like how many have there been in history? Like history is not that the history of film is not that long in the grand scheme of history. Film schools have only really been a thing since like the sixties and seventies, but right. And so there, there's not a lot of film schools that have like been once great that aren't great anymore. There's like a handful of really good ones, but it's just so funny. The idea that like, I don't even think people at USC 
or UCLA would be like, welcome to the best school in the history of forever. <laughs> it's just no. very on the nose way to start. But they needed to establish that this isn't some rinky dink uh, film school, like the Vrai film school or something. This is a prestigious film school. Yeah, this is a very prestigious film school. They're they're all looking out for the Hitchcock Award, which is the funniest, most pretentious bullshit that I could like, possibly <laughs> imagine. Like, I love that Jennifer Morrison as Amy is vying for the Hitchcock Award, and she's doing it by making a slasher. And I'm like, <laughs> Hitchcock... Right award for a slash i mean i love slashers and i think slashers couldn't be as good as any fucking hitchcock movie well, but like so the many concept the- is ridiculous the concept <laughs> is absurd so many of these students are making horror movies like hers isn't even the only horror movie they're making it's like they're trying to win some award like this yeah. if this was a real film school like they'd all be making some pretentious coming of age drama or something exactly they'd, be they'd like- all be making boyhood <laughs> and I'd, all be, I'd be suffering there'd um, be like one weird kid making a horror movie and the professor would be like this is stupid like, and i would be the guy that everybody thinks movie. is doing the murders everybody would think that kid is doing <laughs> yeah. the killing instead um, like instead like the 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 professor is just like oh this sounds like a great idea just like hitchcock like yes. like hitchcock is the one that everyone's well, aspiring but then, to then be. it turns out spoiler alert the professor who said that turns out to you know maybe just have a thing for murders um maybe so, so yeah yeah um, that could be why could um, be. i i do like how like on the nose they are with the references to like filmmakers and stuff like the way they discuss film in this movie is like, aha, we are discussing cinema with a capital C and we only reference the best directors. Like, they've got the Hitchcock Award. They're on the Orson Welles campus. They have yeah. this really funny scene where before uh, Amy comes into the professor's cla- like professor's office to talk about her thesis film, uh, the professor's having a conversation with another professor and they're talking about godard and they're talking about how like oh people don't really talk about the mise-en-scene in cinema verite Uh, and they're like well perhaps that's because uh there is not there's not much preparation in cinema verite it's like yeah of course it's cinema verite if you're making it seem real you're not going to put a lot of effort into making the set and setting seem contrived or whatever it's just like it's so it's such a silly thing for them to be discussing but then they're like ah yes this sounds like serious film discussion because they use a couple french terms the whole thing Uh, is absurd it's it's very it's very funny they they reference a couple of other like really well-known filmmakers and then like the ones the people who are supposed to have like graduated from this film school who they're like these people won the hitchcock award to go on to become great filmmakers. And they're just like, they all had like really weird names. They were all obviously made up, but of course, just like, like chip, chip Benson, of course. And, uh, George Rogerson Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh my God. There's, um, so 
getting back the to the cosmos scene. The cosmos yes. scene. Again. The cosmos scene actually to to connect to what we were just talking about. There is that there's that moment in the cosmos scene where what's her name? I don't even remember the girl's name in that scene. Um, but she she has a, a memorable death sequence. Um Yeah. Well, she's like literally not a character in the rest of the movie. No, so but that's parent- that's that's actually the point of what I wanted to talk about. Um so like she she says to the guy who's uh the the twin who dies, um, she's like, Who knew when we were kids playing in the sandbox that you'd be the next Spielberg? And it's like, okay, let's all just like take a step back for a moment. Um, but she gets murdered in like the only one that's like a true um urban legend death. Yeah. Um yeah. cuz she wakes up in an ice bath and her org her kidney's been removed. Um which by the way is a ridiculous thing to happen to her because then the killer just kills her. I'm like what was the point of having <laughs> of removing her kidney and having her wake up in an ice bath to just to behead her? I don't really know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but like she gets killed. <laughs> And the funniest thing imaginable is that for the rest of the movie, nobody gives a shit that this girl got murdered. Nobody <laughs> asks about her. It never comes up. She's just like died. And everybody's like, all right, like whatever. Like nobody cared. Nobody's looking for her. like <laughs> it's ne- it's literally never discussed. Uh, <laughs> apparently, apparently they shot that scene after they'd already shot the rest of the movie. Like this was a pickup shoot while they were in post-production because they decided that they wanted to have a kill earlier in the movie, but they didn't have anything to put there. So they just killed off this random character that we've never known wow. before who ha- well, has a conversation. Well, had to take up a solid 10 to 15 minutes of the movie. So without that, this movie would have been under 80 minutes. So yeah. <laughs> it's a good, it's a long scene because they've got the whole scene at the bar. She's having Cosmos with yes. the, um, Matthew Davis is who it, plays Travis slash Trevor. It's Travis. Yeah, Travis. Guys, I think. Yeah. So presumably, I think like maybe the killer was trying to kill off Travis here too, because we later find out that like he's like one of the main targets. Well, what but, what happens with the Cosmos is that somebody drugs both of the Cosmos, but Travis yeah. doesn't drink his Cosmo. Yeah, because um, he, he leaves, leaves like right away. Yeah, and so then she drinks her Cosmo, and the reason she ends up getting murdered is because she gets kidnapped while after being drugged. Um. So. Uh, in theory, they both would have woken up with their kidneys removed. Yeah. But then instead, Travis ends up just getting fake suicided in the bell tower, which they don't show us. And like, that's not even an urban legend. <laughs> like, there's no. no urban legend tie into his death. No. Which is very strange. Um, yeah. And so the rest of these, the rest of these kills aren't really tied that firmly into urban legends like there'll be a kill that happens on a movie set while or after they're shooting something about an urban legend um, the part where there, the part where there, so there are a couple of things that like have like vague references to urban legends like the the you know the there's a scene where the girl's like her dog is licking her it's the she's the film scene is she, so she's acting in a film scene where the character's yeah. dog is licking her hand but it turns out it's a human and her dog has been like gutted and that, but that's yeah. like a movie within a movie. And um, yeah, the only and, urban legends are in the movie within the movie. And and they talk about the thing about like, where like everybody screams at midnight and somebody gets murdered, but nobody notices because of the screams and that. And so they sort of reenact that in a way. Um, yeah. That one actually happens. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's even like kind of not the same. Cause it's also like, they're so far from the actual death that like, I don't like, you know, I don't know if it's really the same. Um, and um, what's the the other one that I was thinking of? 
um oh the the one where they're like watching like film reel and then interspliced with it as an actual murder um that's that's sort of like an urban legend like watching like a, a horror movie yeah yeah like yeah one of the, the murders is real like that's sort of like a, a thing um i did think it was funny that like she, the the girl who got killed there was like the terrible actress that yes. they were all like oh rolling their eyes at and stuff and then when she actually gets killed they're like oh yeah this is good like <laughs> she's finally finally acting right <laughs> yes that was that was funny um of course then even like her death, like everybody's like, mm, she's gone, she, but she just took a job and she just like up and left to go be a coma patient on ER. So it's fine. And I'm like, what? What? And that's yeah. another sign of like the times where like in 2000, maybe you wouldn't hear somebody for hear from somebody for a few days. In 2022, if somebody up and left and you didn't hear from them for a few days, you'd be like, um, like nothing, no social media posts, no text, nothing. Like, well, yeah, a <laughs> couple, a couple of the deaths they could kind of write off because of stuff like that. Like she was about to leave for LA the next day. So everyone just assumed that she left. Um, Simon wasn't like, I get, I, I don't think he's one of the film students. Like, I think he's just some other guy that got recruited to shoot on the film. So they, he was, necessarily... he, wait, Oh, you mean Simon, the, um, the European, the DP. Guy? Um, yeah. The European, he was, he had worked on, um, Travis, on Travis's movie. film. And so then Travis called him to ask him to help with Amy's movie. And so he wasn't a student, I don't think, but people knew yeah. him. He wasn't like, an so, unknown. yeah, but they like didn't notice him missing. Cause he was just some like outsider. But right. then like some of these students start showing up dead. It's like, you'd think that the school would be at some point would be like, Whoa, like what's going on here. But like, nobody believes Amy when she says that like some guy in a, uh, in a fencing mask, chased her around the recording studio she and tried maybe to kill her. Should have just like not talked about the fencing mask. Like <laughs> that's the part that makes it too unbelievable. Well, that's the part that makes it seem like you're saying I'm being chased by a movie character. Like, yeah, there were there were a lot of great chase scenes in this movie mainly just because of the different settings that they came up with yes. i thought it was just so funny the different places they had so of course they had that recording studio one which really feels like that scene from scream 2 like it's crazy mm -hmm. how similar that is um they have the one in the mine train themed ride so which let's talk about the mine train ride like not even like the kill that happens there, just like the the existence of the mind train themed ride. Yeah. Okay. Yes. What? Um. um <laughs> what? What are we do like? What is the purpose of this ride? I have never in my entire life heard of a mind train themed <laughs> ride that's not like fucking Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs roller coaster in yeah. the Magic Kingdom. Like, what? <laughs> okay. So about the mind train ride theme. First of all hilarious that there's a mine train themed ride here and it's like a slow um, ride it's like just like a slow ride where you just ride through like it's not go, like a thrill yeah, ride go through and experience merry miners like it's they called talk about it the whole t right they talk about it all the time they're like you know you go through the tunnel ride and it's it's their real bodies there and i'm like so it's like a tunnel of love and then they get to the ride and i'm like what the fuck it's miners <laughs> well they, they have to make the ride seem scary because that's like the the original theme i guess but Oh, like also very heavy Hellfest 2018 vibes. Yes, very to this urban legend. Yeah, um, I actually, I actually thought about um my bloody Valentine, the original my bloody Valentine. Oh yeah, um, yeah, that too, and the in the actual mine train that's in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so they 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 go to film this urban legend at like an old semi-abandoned um mine-themed ride. <laughs> And it's so when, funny. I want to go on the mine train themed ride. I, I want do. to go ride the mine I want to go ride. on the original version before they I make it all spooky. I have never wanted to go on a slow ride so badly in my life. Like outside of Disney World. Um, so I've never gonna, wanted it so bad. They're going to go in and like dress this thing up and make it look spooky. Put all these fake dead bodies in it or whatever. But first they power the thing on and you see it running as like a mine themed ride. And it is so funny. <laughs> like they're yeah. just like all like miners sitting around like singing and they're singing a song that sounds almost exactly like the Pirates of the Caribbean song. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but there's like, oh, ho, yo, ho. Ha, da, 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 da. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and it's just like, can you imagine just like going through this mine themed ride? Yes, I can. Singing? That's what's so great. I can 100% imagine it and I want to. I want There's to. nothing nothing scary happens or anything. You're just watching miners having a jolly old time. And where is it? Oh. It's like what amusement like also like they're they're like we're going to go film in this amusement park ride. I'm like, "What the fuck is going on? They're just letting you go in and film and like hang up fake dead bodies in their ride?" Like, did you rent this out? With what money? I guess like, so. Okay, so th- that is something that I definitely wanted to touch on and we we should do it here. The the budgets for these student films must be absolutely insane. They must be given <laughs> budgets, right? Like ask students, like when it's, it must be like, you're going to do your thesis. Here's yeah. your budget. That's, that's generally how that works. I think at film schools. Um, so it should work but, because otherwise it's unfair if some people have more money by default. So, but the, the, the budgets for this must be so insane. Cause like, yeah, they go shoot at a, like a, amusement park ride somewhere i'm sure it's closed down like it's obviously winter in this movie so like i'm sure like the amusement park is not open so like but still like and i don't know any amusement park that would be like yeah we're closed so you can just film here for funsies just go throw some bodies around whatever Um, i mean i'm sure if they're buying Films mess they around with the others, but they like mess around with the electrical equipment and yeah. stuff like that, which there's no way they would let them no, do. No, absolutely uh, not. But uh, this was filmed apparently on an actual ride at a amusement park. It was wow. a, a log flume ride. Of course, it was, was a log flume. <laughs> what other? Because there's no other type of ride that would be mine themed. There are two types: well, but, a but dark roller coaster, a dark like maybe wooden roller coaster, and a log flume. Those are the minor rides. Here's That's the it. thing. Here's the thing, though. the The mine stuff was put in for the movie. Wow. That's ridiculous. So I don't know to what like that. I could not find any more information on that. If anyone knows, please let me know. I would love to know to what extent the mine stuff was put in. Like what mine stuff was already there and what stuff they put in because if there's any like a <laughs> is already there. We are taking a fucking podcast field trip. To this amusement there's park. a lot of animatronics in this scene, and like if they put all those in, that's pretty impressive. What about? setting part where she's going through the ride and it's the mine ride and there's just like dead babies and i'm like what that's not like that's not a fun <laughs> scare that's like an upsetting scare <laughs> like, that's like, a lot of dead babies they took they took the uh the animatronic who was playing poker and was saying look at these babies and then they they took the cards out of his hand and put a knife in so he was chopping up babies and saying look at these babies it is so upsetting 
So, okay. So it was at a place called Ontario Place. Yes. So is it this, in Ontario? Well. Yeah. This whole. Toronto. This, it's in Toronto. We it's not totally, even. <laughs> we can totally go to Toronto. All right. Let's do it. Field trip. <laughs> we'll see if we'll see if the log flume is still there. There's an outdoor um, concert venue there called Budweiser Stage. All we need to do is wait till they have like a person we want to see and then we can do a whole trip. So. Sounds great. All right. I'm in. I'm in. We're doing this. Um, my other point where I thought that there was clearly way too much budget for these student films was the, the cold, cold open to a movie. I don't know the opening scene to the movie, which is, um, it's filmed like it's real until you see that they're actually on a film set. So which is a classic gag. Like, ah, this isn't a real thing. It's actually being filmed for a movie within a movie. But like they're on an air, they're on an airplane. They've got like, um, like, this was high key precursor <laughs> to escape room. Um, the fake it definitely airplane, feels, the fake it feels airplane like escape scene. room. It also <laughs> reminded me of uh, snakes on a plane and final this destination like, and final yes, destination. That too. Okay. Also, the funniest thing about the plane scene was like the whole time. I'd forgotten that it was a fake out plane scene. As soon as it became obvious that it was fake out, I was like, Oh, I did remember that. Um, but the whole time I was like, what fucking flight are these people on? This is chaos. <laughs> this is like people just running around. People are having sex in the seats, essentially. Like, what the hell world are these people living in? That's not reality. <laughs> I mean, this was pre 9-11. I'll give you that. But like, what? Like, n- nobody is in charge on this flight. Like, the drinks cart is like rolling up and down the aisle and people are like just taking liquor off of it and everybody's going like, just, like I mean, everybody's like screaming and just like, ru- like being loud and i'm like i've been on a lot of flights and none i mean none of them have been that chaotic and i've taken flights to places where people are a fucking nightmare so like what are we doing very strange flight experience yeah i, I don't know what wrote everyone's that doing scene that. in the movie they they had never been on a flight in their entire lives like never um i mean maybe pre 9 11 things were different maybe like you know I don't know. Like I can imagine a world. I don't know. I've only taken a flight after nine 11 when everything's a little more serious on a plane. Back then but. they were cool with you uh, having sex in the bathrooms. Like the, the, the couple like goes to the front of the plane to have sex in the bathroom and they go past the flight attendant who is like sitting in a seat for some reason. And they just like look at her like, oh, oh, he's... Flight attendant sitting in a seat. That was like, oh, he's feeling sick. And they're like, ah, oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That would never she... happen now. <laughs> like, I don't even know how one does that on a plane now. I mean, I'm sure people still do. And I will I will fully cop to the to not being in the mile high club here. Um, But like I like I do not know how that I'm works. pretty sure you you the first rule is that you cannot go in at the same time. Absolutely. Like, you, <laughs> you, you, somebody goes in, so then you wait 15 minutes and go join them. Like you see yeah. which bathroom they went in and then you knock and you go like, I don't know. Very strange, very strange time. Um, I don't know that flight. Anyway, continue with your, what you want to talk about with that. So, scene. so yeah, it, it, it just like seems like, like this really crazy flight and they're clearly having like some sort of slasher movie on board this plane, which is like, it's totally it makes no logistical sense. Like how is the slasher like sneaking around on this plane and killing people? Killed everyone. Not like nobody knows about virtually everybody on the plane dies because of the slasher. They come out of the bathroom 
and there's just like dead people everywhere and like the pilots are dead and it's like how did this guy go around doing this again maybe this is pre 911 this is what was happening in also, the skies back then yeah, yeah, this, is the why we needed, this is why no, we needed this is why we needed the TSA okay <laughs> Don't say something that you're about to regret. <laughs> this is what. Hold on. We're not, um, not getting our doors kicked down today. Um, um, sorry, I'm watching a mariachi band cross the street outside, and I don't know what's going on. New York is a magical place. Uh, uh, you know they're going to get on a subway train and ruin some people's day. Um, but then, sorry, anyway, so. Um, so when it's revealed that this is actually like a student film being filmed, you're like, well, but how, how is this a student film? Like they have a whole airplane set. They have like a moving airplane cockpit and like everything. Like, um, also I want to go back to the, the movie that Anson Mount, cause this is Anson Mount's movie, um, was making in the first yes. place. Was his premise it's, uh, there was a killer on the plane killing everybody and then just letting himself die in a plane crash? Was that the premise of the film? <laughs> yeah. How does the how does the killer hope to escape this like, scenario? Wh- how, where does the movie go from there? <laughs> like, what? Is that the end of the movie? Is that like, <laughs> what is this film that he was making? It's ridiculous. It has, and also that scene, nothing to do with an urban legend, unless there's some urban legend. There is a second mariachi band crossing the street right now. Well, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh man, oh, oh, the, the first ones muscle it in on their territory. Uh, They're going oh, to have beef. My God. Um, <laughs> the, um, so I think like the the urban legend for this one is that um, they talk about how like, oh, you know, that movie where there's a man on the wing and it's like they're referencing that episode of the twilight zone yes yes uh, but like I, that's not really an urban legend and that's I not guess. what happens <laughs> here there's no man on the wing yeah it doesn't actually happen they just talk about it but there there is kind of a man on the wing because the way it's revealed that it this was actually a film set is when they go into the cockpit and oh, like yeah. and like the killer's like trying to kill the girl and she's screaming and then all of a sudden you see the director look in through the airplane window and at first it looks like he's just like clinging to the side of the plane yes and you're like what and then you're like oh okay this is what's going on yes but yeah not really an urban legend no but okay um yeah uh the the films the 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 student Mm -hmm. films in this are simultaneously like really poorly conceived and also like way too professionally done (laughs) Oh, yeah, they obviously have way too much money for it to be a student film, but they're, like, very... They're as stupidly conceived as a student film might be. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they, they have, like, way too much funding. Travis is supposed to be, like, the real auteur genius of the group. Uh, we don't really get to see any of his film. We see him, like, editing it. Well, it's for the best that we don't get to see any of his film. Yeah. I think uh, they, they knew that that would probably have not gone well if they'd been like, <laughs> he is an auteur. And then they showed us this film and we were like, hmm. They're like, yeah, anything we come up with would not look good enough for however good this movie is supposed to be. Because apparently it's supposed to be so good that someone is willing to kill for it. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't why don't we reveal the, the killer and the motive here? Um well, Are there any other stupid. let's let's reveal it like now. big scenes we should talk about before we get to that? Um, I don't feel like we'd be 
spoiling too much. No, I don't think we're spoiling. It's urban. It, this movie is 22 years old. <laughs> so, um, so it's, it's revealed. They, they figure out. Tra- so Travis has a secret twin brother who has come to like investigate his death. Cause he's convinced that he's not, hasn't committed suicide. Um, and Travis's brother is named uh, Trevor. Trevor. Travis Which is Trevor. also like, yeah, I was going to say that is like <laughs> bad parenting, but continue. <laughs> so like he figures out that all the people who have been killed so far, the thing that connects them is that they all worked on Travis's movie and they figure that somebody is trying. And then they, they find that, that, when they go to look up Travis's movie in like the film archives, it's like, it's terrible. It's like some horrible movie. We don't get to see much of it, but we get to see like some horrible fake acting at the end of it. Right. And then it's like the end and they're like, Oh, that stunk. Uh, but then they figure out that the credits were actually spliced onto this movie. So somebody made it look like this was Travis's movie, but j- by splicing the credits, but actually they stole his movie Um presumably to take credit for it and they right. killed him off to do it. And they figured that they figure out that he, the, the killer has been killing off everybody who worked on the movie so that nobody else would know what the original movie looked like. What's crazy and, is that like, it takes so like there are all of these people who worked on this movie and like nobody saw the final product and could confer on this situation where everybody thought the final product was so bad. Like, I don't really understand how that happened, but whatever. Like nobody talked, nobody had a conversation. There was no, no communication. And like, presumably like we, they already talked about how like they had to submit their screenplays for approval before, um, before making the film. So so theoretically the screenplay was very different for his final product. Right. Yeah. So whatever Um, people would have already known that something was up, but anyway, uh, maybe this is explained by who the killer is because he's kind of in charge of everything. So they, they track down the last member of the crew who's still alive because they figure he, he did it. He's the guy who did the audio. Um, And they're like interrogating him and the, film professor comes in and 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 he shoots the guy (laughs) the audio guy after it's revealed that he didn't actually do the sound travis just gave him credit and did the audio himself and he's like i should never have passed you for your audio work and then shoots him (laughs) it's like what so it turns out the film professor has been the killer this whole time and the reason he's been doing this is because Travis's film is so good that he wants to take credit for it. And he's also getting revenge on Amy because her dad was on the voting board for the Hitchcock Awards when he was at film school. And his was the deciding vote that gave the award to somebody else. One of those directors they talked about at the beginning who ended up making it big in Hollywood proving what a big deal the prize was. And he's convinced that if it hadn't been for that, he would have had that big, great career. But (laughs) instead he was doomed to a life of teaching at a film school. But, but now this is going to be the thing that gets him out. (laughs) So fucking (laughs) absurd. So absurd. Like there's so many bizarre things about this. First of all, the idea 
that a film student's student film would be so good that a grown man <laughs> who's like probably in his 40s or something would be like, yes, this is going to be my ticket to success. <laughs> I'm going to show like this. Th- I'm going to show this to Hollywood and they're going to be like, finally, you can direct something like not just like usually a student film is just something you can show like, hey, like. I kind of know what I'm doing. Not like that. This is going to be like your big ticket to stardom, but this guy (sighs) thinks that he can take the film and use it to make a big career for himself. Second of all, he thinks that he is deserving of the credit of chips, like the kind of career that chip Skylark or whoever had. Um, But chip Skylark, (laughs) that's the fairly odd parents character. (laughs) It is. It is. I was wondering if you noticed that. Um, but he like, but he hasn't done anything since film school. Like he hasn't made a film or anything. Like he, he's like, all right, I, I lost the the Hitchcock Award. Now I can never do anything in Hollywood ever. I just have to do have to do uh, film teaching until I can steal a brilliant student's film, and that that will be the thing that gets me. Oh my god! Also, what is he planning on doing once he shows them the film? Like they're like, okay. Yeah, you, you can clearly direct. Come direct our movie now. And then he does like a terrible job because he's like never directed another movie since right, film school. Right. What's like, his goal? <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. Um, and it's a fucking crazy reason to murder like 10 people. For. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like, okay, like this guy's nuts, whatever. Um, but then this is probably like the most fun part of the movie is that he starts like chasing them around like these various film sets that are all like strung together. Cause they're like, I guess in some big soundstage, like again, the facilities of this film school are insane. Like they must have multiple sound stages, like multiple rooms where they can set up like a whole set and just leave it there for unknown amount of time. Cause they like crash into this sci-fi set that like looks like the deck of a spaceship They've got like, <laughs> these weird looking aliens sitting around uh, and they go through like a like a graveyard scene <laughs> where they're <laughs> fighting in like the graveyard. And the security guard comes through and is like, all right, everybody get out of the spooky graveyard. <laughs> God, it's so fucking. <sighs> oh. There's a lot of goofy shit in this yes. movie. I like it's it's not taking itself too seriously most of the time. But there are also parts of it where tonally it gets like very serious out of I think nowhere. a lot of it is actually taking itself too seriously is the problem. Is that it's like it this movie just didn't know what it was. Like it had no yeah. idea. Like it's kind of a mishmash between like horror comedy, between like sort of a self-aware scream style horror slasher and also like this was pointed out in the wikipedia article and i agree it's kind of like a giallo movie in a way it's got like the signature looking killer like the 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 fencing mask feels very giallo it's got like these these psychological moments the paranoia and everything um and that one scene where uh amy is like running and she's having these overlaid visions of like everybody else in the film, like their face behind the fencing mask. Mm-hmm. 
and like she's hearing them all say things that might be like a little self-incriminating that feels like they were going like really artistic right there yeah but then like other parts of the movie are so goofy it's just like the the tone doesn't always match no and maybe like maybe if they just like settled on something (laughs) that it would have been a lot better for it I think so. I think it could have been better. <laughs> Just so many strange choices here. Um, I have to shout out something that I just noticed. Um, the sequel, Bloody Mary, is directed by Mary Lambert, who directed A Castle for Christmas. Oh, my God. <laughs> we were literally just talking about A Castle for Christmas today. We were. We were. Um <laughs> Which is insane that the sequel to this movie was directed by the director of A Castle for Christmas. I mean, she's di- she directed other horror. She did um, like Pet Cemetery and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. so random. She also directed Halloween Town Two: Calabar's Revenge. So you know, she's uh, <laughs> of course she's done some stuff. A classic in the genre. Yes, of course, of course, of course. Um, she directed some Motley Crue videos. You know, she's done she's done her time. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think, well, we should talk about the the ending of the movie as well. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of funny stuff that goes on during this whole chase sequence and the fight here. Uh, there's a scene where there's one real gun and a whole bunch of prop guns, like a whole box of prop guns gets knocked onto the floor along with yeah, the real that, gun. That whole there, scene felt very... Um... It definitely wasn't current. I'll tell you that. A movie is not doing that uh, flippantly anymore. Um, no. <laughs> but they're like going through them, trying to find the real gun, like pulling the trigger, being like, oh, nope, nope, not yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, is, that's not a... <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got, you know, the security guard is kicking ass just like she wanted to after watching like coffee, coffee and Foxy Brown stuff like that. That's her whole thing. Like the security guard in this is, is wild. Like she's like obsessed with coffee and Foxy Brown, like yeah. those 70 style black exploitation action movies. And like every time <laughs> that there's something that needs to, the, the, like the security guard could be useful for, she's like getting a snack or like <laughs> yes. not paying attention. She's yes. like watching movies on the monitors instead of watching the monitors. It's like, what are you doing? If you want to be the hero, there's plenty of opportunities here. Yeah. But she does come in and like sort of save the day at the end. Um and like yeah, they they shoot uh the professor and stop him from killing everybody and taking credit for the film. <laughs> and then his dastardly plan did not succeed. It's been foiled. Yeah. Foiled, I tell you. So then we get a, a scene of um, of Travis winning the Hitchcock Award posthumously, but then you see the the creepy production assistant uh, taking aim at Trevor with a sniper rifle from the upper level. Yes, and then the security guard comes in and is like, "Stop right there!" and shoots him, and he falls down. And he falls into like a big one of those big crash bags, and it's revealed like this. This is a movie set as well. Yeah, which the movie, whatever movie that is, feels like a nightmare. Um, whatever's happening in that film. Um, so, so also, I think, did he actually win the award posthumously? Posthumously, do we know? I I assume so. I don't I don't know. But, in the I mo- mean, but that part was in a movie. What do we? Yeah, know? yeah. We we don't know for real, but. 
so the Amy is in this scene. Amy is like directing her directorial debut after graduating film school, I guess. And like, they're making like a real movie here. Uh, and presumably this, and the movie is called urban legends. Yeah. And I'm guessing that it's based off of the murders that just happened at the film school. Um, so that could mean that either Trevor won or, and here's the interesting thing. It could mean that Amy won and is making this movie with the stipend that was part of the award. Right. It's not clear at all. It's not yeah. clear. Um, maybe Amy won with her slasher movie that featured. Yeah. Um, I wonder if she used the film where somebody gets murdered literally on, on camera. <laughs> Well, if you get footage that good, you got to find a way to use it, right? Of course. Well, <laughs> so I will say the other the, uh, clips we saw of the fake murder of that girl were not usable in a film. Yeah, so. no, they were very bad. She was a very, very bad very actress. Bad. Uh, but uh, this, yeah, this could be like a cannibal Holocaust style film where they put like real, real death footage in it. Um, but and then we get another cutaway. <laughs> That shows that like it's this is funny. Like it looks like the movie is cutting to credits, but then it backs out of a TV screen and the credits are just playing on the TV screen. So you see that it's actually somebody watching this movie that Amy was making on a TV. Yeah. And the TV is in a mental hospital and the guy watching it is the the professor from the film school, <laughs> which is so weird. Cause it's like, it, it's not like he was a particularly deranged killer. He was just uh, like a murderer with a dumb plan. Yeah. I feel I'm like not he sure that he was, he would have won an insanity plea. I don't really I feel like he would have just gone to a regular jail, yeah. but okay. Uh, and they have this scene where um, like, his nurse is like somebody from the previous movie who, which I didn't see. So I didn't realize that at the time, but they were like well, very clear the, about She's the killer in the first movie. Uh, they're very clear about showing her face and like, she has like one line and that's it. And it's like, okay, that must be somebody. Um, but she's like, we have a lot in common. Like, don't you like that movie? The, the killer from it's the, it's the murderer from the first movie. Yeah. The, the, yeah. So. And the credits is her just like wheeling him down the hallway while like there's other crazy people like doing stuff. It's it's like very it's kind of like the end credits to Amadeus. Oh, no. Who compare this movie to Amadeus? (laughs) It seems like I was like, is that the reference they're going for? Because like, I don't. That's not how One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest ends, right? No, I'm pretty sure that's not how it ends. And that would have been the only other thing I thought they might be referencing. But it's definitely how Amadeus ends. Oh, my God. (laughs) Which is just a weird thing for this film to reference. Um, Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus. Amadeus. But yeah, that, that is Urban Legends, the final cut. Um, it's a lot of movie. It's it's pretty wild. (laughs) Yeah. It's wild while not being wild at all. That's the weird thing about this movie is that it's simultaneously very wild and not at all wild because it's so typical. It is. Yeah. It is strange how it manages to both be like a fairly formulaic late nineties, early two thousand slasher, but also simultaneously have so much weird stuff in it. Yeah. Like, I, I think part of what that is, is that 
like even though there is a lot of weird interesting stuff going on it's like it just doesn't feel very coherent it's not like tied together so it has the effect of like you're just watching a bunch of different like kill scenes one after the other which makes it feel very formulaic just right. kind of like your typical slasher right yeah i think that's right i think that um yes and i think the the weird like choppy feel of it all sort of works to its benefit in some capacities because it's just like oh there's a lot of weird moments happening there's no real connection but we're just we're chugging along yeah um yeah it feels like there's some there's some good stuff in there they just didn't it didn't all come together in the end it's yeah oh my gosh didn't come together at all (laughs) (laughs) not not quite not quite no um what a mess but yeah but I'm, i'm glad to revisit this film um it was an interesting experience watching it after all these years i am so glad you were able to um to to figure out what this movie was and that we were able to do this this is so uh this is such a a moment for you yeah it's (laughs) we're solving an age-old mystery i felt like this was the perfect way to come back after yet another hiatus come in with something that really gets to the heart of why we're doing stuff like this hell yeah this is it. This is why we do it. We do it all for movies like Urban Legend Final Cut. Yes. <laughs> it will surely be added to the canon. Uh every movie we do is the canon. We need we need to keep we need like an official list of the canon at this point. We do. We need to we need to start keeping track of the canon. Most I feel like movies end up in the canon more often than not. Um, yes. We always I, do. I find also a way feel, to there are probably stuff. movies in the canon that we haven't even talked about on pod, like 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 in depth. <laughs> there are probably or like honestly, there are probably movies in the canon that we haven't seen. There's like <laughs> <laughs> how are how are they in the canon if we haven't seen them? Because we've, we've, we've made like, jokes about them. You know. Okay, I mean? we've we've, you know. we've talked about them enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably. I would not be surprised if we went back and looked through what we consider the canon. If we were like, yeah, that's in the canon, and it's like, but have we seen that? No, absolutely not. Um, at some point, we will go go through and compile the whole canon, and then we'll we'll try to try to figure out what exactly it is. What is defines, the canon? What, what defines are frogs? The canon? Um, what are frogs? We don't we don't know yet what the canon could be, but we're gonna figure it out. This is what like gonna... pirates sound like sounded like when they were inventing weapons on their pirate ships. <laughs> well, we're, we'll surely bring you more of it soon. Um, we're glad to be back and we'll be bringing you more buzzed on movies that, um, soon to come. Usher song where it's, I think it's called daddy's home. Um, or it might be called OMG. I can't remember which one it is. Um, but like in the intro, oh he's like, he's like, it feels so good to be back. Um, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Usher, you get it. Um, so that's how I feel. Right I understand now. that. Yeah. That's, that's how we're feeling. We're Don't glad worry listeners. Back. Daddy's home um <laughs> oh oh no oh no um, didn't want to go there but here we are yeah well um, back. um yeah so until next time uh you can find us on all the major platforms spotify google apple everything um and if you like what we're doing leave us a review on your favorite platform that has reviews they don't all have them but some of them do and uh, you can also make contact with us personally. You send us an email, buzzsawmovies at gmail.com. It will show up right on my phone, on my cellular device. Whoa! I will, I will oh receive it. Oh, my God. We have moved so far <laughs> since Blood, uh, since Urban Legend, the final cut. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I know. We're not just using little Amy couldn't get emails on her phone. That's true. Maybe maybe she would have been saved. Maybe she would have figured this out earlier. I was going to say, she totally survived. So there she did survive. <laughs> she did survive. She survived. And then uh, what's his name? Survived. The, the douchey guy ended up being her agent. Um, yes, that was the yes. ending of the movie. Um, but yeah, you can send us an email, buzzedonmovies at gmail.com. Also, on the Twitters, at buzzedonmovies. Even, even more modern technology. Wow. Um, that wow. probably shouldn't have happened. I mean, honestly, that's... So that's in, in some ways, 2000 was better for it. Um, yeah, seems like seems like Twitter has been a mistake. We can all agree. On yeah, that. <laughs> definitely a mistake. Let us know what you've been watching, what we should watch next. Any any suggestions you have. We're here to listen. And as always, we'll see you at the movies. We will see you at the movies or in the unlit, unoccupied sound booth, whichever comes first. <laughs> We will see you in the screening room where we'll be showing actual murder footage. (laughs) We'll see you in the minor ride. (laughs) Always in the minor ride. (laughs) 